This program is made possible by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. You're listening to Opening the Scriptures with Don Boyd. Welcome to the program today. This is Don Boyd with the Moody Church of Christ. I want to thank you for tuning in to Opening the Scriptures. I want to ask a question. What do the following things have in common? A new car, a new house, a million dollars, five million dollars, two hundred million dollars, a beautiful and exciting woman, a handsome and exciting man, a better paying job, more time for you to enjoy life, a harsh word spoken, feeling left out, disease, a severe accident. What do all these things have in common? These have all caused people to leave God. You see, everything we've listed falls into the categories that are listed by Jesus in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, 20 to 22. Matthew 13, 20 to 22. But he that received the seed into the stony place is the same as he that heareth the word and anon, or at first, with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the world by, a word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. You know, you've heard it said that everybody has their price. The devil believes that. Back in Job chapter 1 verses 6 through 11, Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, Job said, or see me, Satan said, God, Job has his price. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, and a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and escheweth evil? And Satan answered the Lord, and said, That Job feared God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. You see, Satan says, God, Job has his price. Well, that failed. Satan didn't give up. Chapter 2. And we begin looking there in verse 4, after that failed. Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. 
You see, Job didn't have a price to leave God. The question I want to ask today is, what would it take for me to leave God? You see, a few years ago, a group took a survey of 469 adults that formerly were, uh, quotation, church people, and had left their respective groups. And the reasons that we are going to look at, or I should say the excuses that we are going to look at is why these 469 adults said they left. Reason number one. Many of them left because they got too busy. They were too busy enjoying life on this earth to honor their creator. Well, what about me? How busy am I? How busy are you on this earth? Well, what are some ways that, that we become too busy? Well, Jobs, we become busy with other jobs. Well, how about sports? Well, you know, the kids are playing this, and I'm playing that, and we're just all busy doing that. Or maybe leisure. We're enjoying the pleasures of this life. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Jesus again explaining here the parable of the sower. It says, That which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Cares, you know, the jobs, making more money or whatever. Sports, leisure, the pleasures of this life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, look at verses 10 and 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Solomon just listed all of the things that he had. And he says, And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. And my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion, and of all my labor, he rejoiced in the pleasures of this life. But what did Solomon say? Verse 11, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Verse 17, he says, Therefore I hated life. And then you go over to chapter 12, and he said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter there in verse 13. Fear God. And keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man. Not the pleasures of life. Not everything you can assume to get or anything like that. We are here to fear God and keep his commandments. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Paul wrote, For bodily exercise profiteth little. You know, that sports and stuff like that, it profits some. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come. But some people are just too busy. Now let's 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 look at this. If someone came to you today and said, "If you will miss services next Sunday, I'll give you a million dollars," would you take the offer? What about five million? What about a hundred million? Or would you just say, well, there's no need to pay me anything. I'll miss services next week for free. What would we do? If we had a game or some other event when we're having services, where would you go? What would it take for you to leave God? You see, those that are too busy to honor God in this life are too busy to go to heaven. Well, another reason people leave God, some left because of family or home responsibilities prevented their continued connection to the church. Well, you know what the most important family or home activity should be? Serving God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Look at Matthew chapter 10 verses 34 to 39. Matthew chapter 10 Verses 34 to 39. Jesus said, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be the, they, those of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I'll stop right there, verse 37. We see that family is important, but if we love family and family activities more than we do God, and we show that through our actions, family's coming, am I going to stay home from Sunday morning, Sunday evening services? Or am I going to bring them with me or tell them I'll be back? What are we going to do? Is putting clothes on a child's back more important than nurturing his soul to heaven? Well, I think Jesus answered that in Matthew 18, 6. Matthew 18, 6, Jesus said, But whoso shall offend, American Standard Version says, cause, one of these little ones which believe in me to stumble, 
it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. So how many of us are so busy with home and family responsibilities we might as well tie the millstone around our neck? In Luke chapter 9, let's see, now let's back up to Job. Let's go to Job chapter 23, verse 12. Job 23, verse 12, and think of everything that is happening to Job. But he says, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, that's God's lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job was in such grief and such pain and such agony, and yet he still considered God's word more important than his food that he needed to live. Is that the kind of an attitude that we have? Wayne Jackson made this comment, and I quote, the failure to sort out one's prime obligations is one of the most significant gauges of spiritual foolishness, unquote. You know, think about it. How happy will our children be with us on the day of judgment when they are not prepared to meet the judge? Now, you think about some of the examples that are set forth. Uh, let's look at 1 Timothy 4, 8. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. That verse says, oh, I've already read bodily exercise. 2 Timothy 4, 10, that's where I wanted to go. 2 Timothy 4, 10. Now you think about this. Paul says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed to Thessalonica. Whenever our children look at us, have we forsaken God? Are we entangled, 1 John 2, 16, in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? What would it take for me to leave God? Family, home responsibilities that prevent me from following God? The third reason that people said that they left is because they became dissatisfied with the other members there. That is what is called the PTB syndrome, uh, passing the buck. You see, maybe we left because I didn't like the decisions of the men or the elders. Well, I left because the preaching was too boring. I left because nobody sees to my needs. I left because nobody got me involved in the church's activities. Those are some of the things that people said is why they left. Well, you look at these things. I don't like the decision of the elders. 
or the men? Okay. Do you like the decisions of the President of the United States? Have you left the country because of that? Well, the preaching was so boring. Well, did you get involved in the lesson? Nobody sees to our needs. Did you let people know you had needs? Did you see to other people's needs? Nobody got me involved in church activities. Why didn't you get yourself involved? In Philippians chapter 4, look at verses 1 through 3. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Euodius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Now you look here in verse 2. There was some kind of a conflict here between Eodius and Syntyche. Well, do those things happen in the church? Yes. We have problems one with one another or whatever it may be. But do we leave because of that? Paul says, let them have the same mind. Help them out. In Colossians chapter 3, look at verses 12 and 13. There it says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, American Standard says a heart of compassion, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. When you look at kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, that's just the opposite of pride. Maybe we have some pride there that we need to get rid of. But then in verse 13, that first word there, he says, forbearing. Forbearing who? One another. You know what forbearing means? Put up with. Sometimes we may not like the decisions of the men or what somebody says, but you know what? The Holy Spirit, through the pen of Paul, said, put up with it and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you so also do ye and then verse 14 and above all these things put on charity or love agape love a self-sacrificial love which is the bond of perfectness. So right there, if we have problems with one another, what are we to do? Complain and gripe? No. Forbear one another. Forgive one another. If we have a quarrel, take it to the brother, Matthew 18, and put on charity. Love one another. Well, the fourth reason that people leave the church is because they charge church members of being judgmental or hypocritical. Well, whenever someone judges 
the church is judgmental or hypocritical, then they are being judgmental of the church. You know, there are times that we need to think before we speak, engage brain before engaging mouth, in other words. And you know, if visitors come in and they see us arguing and accusing one another, why would they want to be part of the church? You think about 3 John 9 and 10. 3 John 9 and 10. He says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I'll remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Somebody come into that congregation or a congregation like that and they say something like that going on, are they going to want to be part of that congregation? No. Well, let's ask this question. Did people ever boycott any place other than the church on the basis of hypocrisy? Well, those oil company executives are hypocrites. I'm not going to buy any more gas or diesel. Do we do that? I don't like the price of groceries, so I'm going to stop eating. There's hypocrites down there at Walmart. I'm going to stop going there. While them baseball players and them football players make so much money, I'm never going to watch another game. Who's the hypocrite there? You realize, you know, I found this statement very accurate one time. If there's a hypocrite standing between you and God, which one is closer to God? Well, how many people leave the church and take responsibility for their actions? <laughs> I left. It's not my fault. You know, they did it to me. It's like an article I read one time that the teacher, wherever he was teaching at, was teaching his students, and he said that uh, this is the way some people are. They come up and they stick that shoulder out, and they say, you, knock that, you just knock that chip off my shoulder. I'm going to leave the church. How many of us are like that? We got a chip on our shoulder, and we'd rather leave God than to put up with one another. Now, there was a small number, a fifth reason why they gave that they left the church, and that's because they lost faith in organized religion. I guess they'd rather have disorganized religion. Well, God is not the author of confusion. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. And the denominational world 
has made a mockery of religion. In 1 Corinthians, while we're there, look at chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 1, 10, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. See, right there, there would be no denominations if everybody spake the same thing and no divisions among those and being perfectly joined together. But you have men who begin denominations, and every denomination was begun either by an individual or by a group. And they all teach different things, or there would not be denominations. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, Matthew chapter 15 verse 9 begin there in verse 7 ye hypocrites well did Isaiah prophesy of you saying this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me why but in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men every denomination teaches the commandments of men. They teach some truth, yes, but they all teach the commandments of men. Now you think about it, think about Job again. Job was standing with God no matter what was happening to him. Now he was confused, he had some questions. But you know, no matter what is happening to us, we should also stand with God. Satan does want us to give up, as he wanted Job to give up. He wants us to get busy. He wants us to get so busy in this life we don't have time for God. He wants us to get so angry with some member of the church over some trivial matter that we leave the church because he wants us to be with him for an eternity. So if I leave God, who do I go with? I go with Satan. Well, some fell away, said they fell away, because of changing circumstances in their lives. You know, divorce can devastate a person. It could be unjustified guilt because a marriage failed. Other families in the church seem so stable. Well, maybe the death of a loved one. Why did God allow my child to die? Why did God allow my wife or my husband to die? But it could be another reason. There may have been 
a stronger member of the family that died and we were kind of relying on them. You can kind of see at times whenever there's somebody in a family that's strong and when that member dies then the rest of the family just kind of drifts away. I want to look at a biblical example. Now these weren't kin but it kind of gives the same uh, same kind of a uh, subject here. Look at Second Chronicles 24. Second Chronicles chapter 24. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. It says, Joash was seven years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Zabiah of Beersheba. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. You see, there's a problem here. Joash was, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but there was a time limit. All the days of Jehoiada the priest. Well, you look over there in verse 15. It says, But Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days when he died. A hundred and thirty years old was he when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings, because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. Now after the death of Jehoiada, came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. And the king hearkened unto them. You see, the strong influence in Joash's life was gone. And others came to influence him. It says they made obeisance to the king. They worshiped the king, and the king hearkened. Well, verse 18, the result. They left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this their trespass. Yet he, being God, sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. As long as Jehoiada was there, yes. But see, he's gone. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord he hath also forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, The Lord look upon it, 
and require it. And he did. Look at Matthew 23, verses 34 and 35. Matthew 23, verses 34 and 35. Jesus there says, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon earth from the blood of, right, of, the, of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Marechias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. <laughs> so why did they leave God? Well, they lost a godly influence. Maybe an accident or a disease would cause us to leave God. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 15. Paul says, Not that I speak in respect of what, for I've learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content or whatever circumstances I'm in. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. In other words, I know how to want and I know how to have plenty. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to be bound and to suffer need. But then he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You see, you, you, you hear those words. You have cancer. You hear those words. You have six months to live. You're in a terrible accident. You'll never walk again. Do you blame God? Why did God allow this to happen to me? Yeah, we blame God. And then we leave God. Oh, but then there's that other changing circumstance, this beautiful, exciting woman comes into my life and I can make the choice between this beautiful exciting woman and this old woman that I married or this handsome exciting man comes into my life and I have the choice of this handsome exciting man or this old man over here never brushes his teeth and comb his hair. You see, these circumstances come into our lives. Are these some of the things that it would take for me to leave God? Well, some, and this is the seventh and last reason that they gave why they left the church. Some left because a job sent them to an area where there were no other Christians. That happens. But you know, we need to remember this, that if we or I do not have the spiritual stability 
to survive spiritually where there is no church, then I shouldn't take that job. It'd be better to take a, le a lower paying job, whatever, elsewhere. But if I have the spiritual stability to survive spiritually where there is no church, then I need to take the responsibility and the opportunity to start a church in that community, wherever it may be. You see, no job is worth the loss of a soul. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, Jesus said there, and I want to start, well, verse 26, for what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now you think about that. Let's go back over these. What are people exchanging for their souls? They're enjoying life on earth. They're too busy to get involved. Home family responsibilities prevent me from doing that. So I'm exchanging my soul for home and family responsibilities. I'm changing my soul or I am exchanging my soul because I'm dissatisfied with other members. So I'm exchanging my soul for life for death. There's hypocrites there in the church and I don't want to be part of it so I'm exchanging my soul for a hypocrite. I'm exchanging my soul because I'm not going to take responsibility for my actions. I'm exchanging my soul because I feel guilty. Everybody's stable. I feel, I'm exchanging my soul because a strong spiritual influence in my life is gone. I'm exchanging my soul because of an accident. I'm exchanging my soul because of a disease. I'm exchanging my soul because I've moved somewhere to take a high-paying job where there's no Christians and I'm not strong enough to withstand that. You see, there are no valid reasons for me leaving God. Only lame excuses. And you know, Jesus is not going to accept excuses on the judgment day. In the book of Luke, look at chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. We'll begin in verse 15. It says there, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I've bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. 
I pray thee have me excused. Yeah, I bought a piece of ground. I had never seen it. Well, I once thought that was kind of foolish. Now I see people all the time doing that. And I still think it's foolish. But there's, this is just an excuse. I could wait and see that piece of ground later. Verse 19, another said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray they have me excused. I've already bought them. Now I'm going to go see if they're any good. Well, you've already bought them. You could wait till later. Verse 20, another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Well, I want to ask this question. How many newlyweds would not mind going to a great supper? Oh, no, I can't go. I can't go. Well, verse 21, that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done, as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Why? They made excuses. And you think about what are we looking at here? God has prepared us a way to salvation. Everyone's invited. But there are so many excuses. So many excuses. You know, what would it take for me to leave God? People go, I'd never leave God. Well, Paul gave us a warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. He said, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. We may think we'll never fall. Peter said, I will never forsake you. I will die with you, Lord. A few hours later, he was denying him. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. The American Standard Version there says, lest we drift away from them. You see, it usually doesn't just happen overnight. I don't I don't wake up one day and go, I'm leaving God today. No. It happens gradually. I get busy with life. And then I get involved with the pleasures of life. Maybe I get sick, I get a disease. Maybe I lost the strong spiritual influence in my life. And I've drifted away from God. 
I've left God. You see, it may have taken, may have been a new new car, may have been a new house, may have been a million dollars, five million, two hundred million. May have just been that beautiful and exciting woman, or that handsome and exciting man. May have been a better paying job. May have been more time for me to enjoy life. Someone may have spoken a harsh word to me. I may feel left out. Whatever it is, there are no valid reasons for forsaking God. But Satan, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wanted to devour Job. He failed. He wants to devour you and me. He believes that every one of us has our price. What is that price for you or me to leave God? Think about that. Well, again, this is Don Boyd with the Moody Church of Christ. I want to thank you for tuning in to be with us today. And we look forward to being with you next time. When you're in Moody, Missouri, you're invited to visit the Moody Church of Christ located on Highway E in Moody, Missouri. The congregation there meets on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible class, 11 a.m. for worship, and then again at 6 p.m. for Sunday evening worship. They also meet at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night for Bible study. We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Way Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. You can find us not only on Facebook, but you can also can find us on Tumblr. You can also find us on the Twitter alternative known as Telegram and on the Facebook alternative known as MeWe. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening.